This is B. Nicole from Buried on the Tundra, and you're listening to Pods Like Us. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Lyndon Cole, who is the creator and narrator for the fabulous The Icarus Complex. Hey, Lyndon, thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for your time. Thank you, and thank you for a show that I can't stop listening to. (laughs) Much appreciated. Thank you. So what was the inspiration behind the story? So um, I would say this dates back to when I was at university. One of my, um, one of my lecturers, uh, I had just performed a comedy sketch and she advised me to take my, or the character on yeah. a bit of a tour um, at the time. But in my personal opinion now, I don't think it was a very good character at the time. So um, I then transformed that character into more of a a comedy stand-up routine, which then transformed into a um, screenwriting thing, which, again, I wasn't really clear on screen direction and stuff like that. I was obviously quite young and naive back then. Uh, yeah. And then when I moved back to London, I used to have to obviously have to work in the, into, in the centre of London in, uh, where was I working at the time? Moorgate. I used to be an hour's journey on the train. So I just decided to try and write something on my journeys on the way in. So on my phone, on my iPhone, I would sit and write what you now know as chapters or episodes. Um, And the idea was to turn it into a book. But, well, it was actually was a book, but it was named something else originally. It was named Confessions of a Narcissist initially. Um, Okay. uh, And then following giving it to some publishers, it wasn't finished. So they obviously sent me away and said, finish it. But then obviously life gets in the way. And And then the pandemic hit. So I obviously spent some time trying to finish it off. And then here we are. So it's now become the Icarus Complex and in podcast form. That's great. But the, the way that you've, um, you've uh, structured it, it's easy to take what's there and then eventually, hopefully, I'm guessing, getting it actually published in novel form. Uh, yes, but I think that kind of... I would rather see this in a more of a, a visual medium now rather than an actual written one. I think once it's gone out in the, in the podcast or in the audio way, I think it kind of might it might lose its because I think the essence of what I'm trying to do is is trying to make it as immersive as possible. Um, obviously, with the narration as it is, it's not quite enough to bring the character, in my opinion, to life and all the other characters. So I feel like if it's in a in a visual medium or an audio medium, it kind of makes it a little bit more realistic. Yeah, I can see that. But when I listen to it as well, and I listen to the narration and what's going on, I can almost picture the actual scenes playing out in okay. my head visually as well. So the, the descriptive um, side to the to the writing is uh, is fabulous. Thank you very much. Um, the character itself is well, it's semi autobiographical. I, I can I can say that much at least if I get anybody into trouble, but. Um, yeah, it's loosely based on obviously my growing up throughout, um, throughout London and obviously some episodes of friends and friends of friends throughout university. Um, so because of, because of that, obviously I can, I can recall instances quite well. I'm I'm the sort of person where I can give you a story that happened last week and remember it piece by piece. So I kind of feel like kind of adds to the reason why I'm able to detail in such specific ways what somebody did at the time and how they looked, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you actually get inspired to go into the world of podcasting? Um, so I would say about six years ago, six years ago, I, a friend, a friend of mine and I uh, created a podcast called the Blurds, which is um, stands for Black Nerds, which is put the words blurs together. It was a really bad idea at the time. I've, I'm ashamed to even admit that, to be honest with you now. Um, and it wasn't very good. Um, and we used to record it in my kitchen on my iPhone. And then obviously I'd spend 
um, the best part of a day or so trying to edit it. Um, I think we tried to be too controversial at the time uh, and I was a bit worried about how it would come across. So I think we only lasted about six episodes and, and rightly so, I might add there. Uh, and then after that, I just kind of just decided I wasn't going to do anything. But I think the pandemic has kind of forced my hand a little bit. Um, only because I, obviously I'm a creative person yeah. and um, the idea of an audio book, which is what I wanted to be in the first place was okay, but I didn't think I could do that without having the backing of a publisher as such. So obviously podcast is obviously means that I've got full control over what is said and how it's done. So I can do it my own time. So that's the reason why I chose the podcast. But I think in a way then the, the, uh, the the lockdown and the covid situation has actually brought a positive then so how you were looking at it originally i think it's actually made it better to make it into a podcast and make it into a an interactive medium should we say 100 percent. um but initially what i wanted to do was have it as an as an ebook um so there's instances of text message interactions between the central character and, and somebody else. And I wanted to have those appear on screen um, mm. as if, as if the texts were coming through at the time of being read, but it was, just, it, it got too complicated to do. So I think now, as you rightly said, it probably is a better idea to do it in the medium that's currently in. But it's, it's, um, I mean, you know, only to use a, um, uh, it's not really the same thing exactly, but, it's a bit like some films, for instance, accidents or things that you don't expect <laughs> can make course. things come out, come out a bit, bit come out as they're supposed to, and it, it it makes it more creative in a sense. A bit like you know, I'm using the old adage of the you know the the shark in Jaws. It's a much better <laughs> yes. film for the. It's a much better film for not seeing the shark as much. Correct, hundred percent. You know, so it by accident. It, it makes uh, you know art better. Um, yeah, because I spent obviously I, w- I was working at home at the time, so I spent a lot of obviously time. My 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 house is obviously my is my rest time, obviously my working place, and I um also found myself not being able to. I, there's only so much piano you can play and and Jimmy can do right at one time, so I had to try and find other ways of trying to keep the brain active. Um, and actually, again, as you rightly said, it was a complete accident. Uh, I was literally bored one afternoon, and I just started to record what I'd written onto a phone just to see how it how it sound if it was an audiobook form. Um, and, and I kind of felt like, oh, this sounds okay. So let me see if I can try and um, make something of it. And and to be honest with you, the first few chapters kind of proves that I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I was doing some of the character voices myself. Yeah. Um, even the female ones, which it wasn't a very good idea. And I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do later on in the seasons when there was a lot more dialogue. So I used to have a tune of a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the pitches were changed by myself through the editing software that I have. And it sounded okay to, at the beginning, but I got to a point where I said, no, I need to be able to, if I'm going to do this properly, I need to have the right people doing this. So. But, but you made those changes really quickly because within, within I mean, already, uh, I think I got up to episode, I mean, to chapter eight. Oh, wow. I think okay. I got up to last night. Uh, I got through three chapters, intended to get through five, I'll be honest. And um, or was I intending to get through six and get to the end of season one, I think? Yeah, I would have been. Um, but even then, by, by chapter five six seven eight thereabouts you've already got like female voices playing the females and you've got different people doing different voices already so you've already very quickly gone from that initial stage to having a full-on cast should we say yes and i had to because um i'm quite a stickler in some of the things that i do i'm I'm not perfectionist by any means but um this to me is obviously a personal project. So obviously at, at the very least, I need to be able to enjoy doing it. And if, if I can listen back to it in years to come and say, well, I've, I've at least succeeded in something and that will be good. Um, 
No, you're right. Obviously, I, I record them week to week. Um, so by, I'd say, episode three or four, well, by five even, sorry, I realized that that's the fifth weekend. Um, and I was getting more and more comfortable with doing it. But um, like I said, doing the female voices was just causing me so much trouble. Um, and then when I realized that maybe accents were possibly needed, and it's not really my strong point, accents, um, yep. I had to make a decision. And actually a friend of mine, he recommended to me a freelance um, service called Fiverr. Okay. Um, and that's where I found, uh, well, I've been auditioning and uh, trying to find freelance voice actors for various roles. It can be quite um, troublesome because I might put an ad out there, for example, for a, let's say I need someone between 20 and 25 uh, from Birmingham female. And then for some reason I get barrage with a bunch of men trying to uh wanting to take part in my ad which or will take part in the in the story so which doesn't really help so i have to sift through a lot of the rubbish to get through to what i need <laughs> um, and then sometimes sometimes at the beginning i i, I don't want to sound mean but it's quite expensive um obviously i need to be able to pay these people for their time and rightly so um yeah. but Sometimes people charge, for example, £25 for 100 words, which if you've got, yeah, it can it can add up. So I was then trying to find, and the lowest you can probably pay is £3.90 for 25 words, for example. So I thought, well, let me go for the £3 odd words for 25 words, but then the quality sometimes isn't always the best. And then I feel quite bad to be able to say, oh, do you mind doing that again? Which... Um, I don't really want to do so. You, it's a fine line between um, paying for quality and just trying to see well if you're trying to cut corners. And initially, I was cutting corners um, because I didn't think it would go as far as it had. Um, I had one lady doing. <laughs> I had one lady doing a twenty-year-old as well as a forty-year-old, and you can clearly hear the distinction in the voice. And I was like, okay, that's not really a good idea. So I, I need to be able to bridge or show the distinction between ages without having to try and have one person do all the voices for me. Yeah, it's a shame these days that we can't get, like, you know, a modern-day uh, or female version of Mel Blanc, you know, who used to do all the uh, Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah. voices back in the day. Exactly. But I do appreciate it. So they've everyone that's helped me out with this has been very helpful. Um, I've had no... I've had no real instances of any devious behaviour or anything like that. It's just all been a lot of fun and I'm happy to direct people. Um, now I'm beginning to see a more of a, a producing side of, of this for me now as, as as much as I might narrate it and do obviously the voice from the main character. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's actually the editing side of it for me and bringing everyone together is what I'm finding most enjoyable. That's great. But actually thinking about voice actors, you've also got people like, you know, um, I'm going off on a tangent here. Uh, people like, you know, um, The Simpsons is famous for having people who do multiple voices. Yes. But yes, somehow or another, they just seem to be very different and get away with sounding different each time. I think um, I think it's, it's, a matter of, it's a matter of practice. And again, like I said, back at the start, I didn't know what to ask for. And I think now I'm into my third season and I've just finished obviously um, doing auditions for those characters. And I've been able to now ask ahead, are you able to do different character voices and obviously have them send me their, their show reels so I can make a decision as to whether I want to use them for more than one person. Um, and it does make things a little bit easier. And it obviously then has a, you then have a relationship with that individual that you're, that you're working with. Um, you know, they're reliable and the quality of work is obviously top-notch as well, in my opinion, for them. So, Absolutely. And, I mean, I was talking with uh, with Pat from uh, Podcastagram, and okay. we were both saying how, um, you know, the actual sounds that you use and the music that you use in the background and the whole feel and the recording that you do is just top-rate. We were both saying, talking about it yesterday, actually. We were both saying Thank you. I know, I know to Pat. each other that we think I it's great. Pat. Small world podcasting. Um, yeah, the sounds. If I said to you that I don't have any idea about what sounds I'm going to use, I might read it. So it takes me about a day, a day and a half to record literally all of the content. So, uh, for example, yesterday's one I recorded is is only a 25-minute 
episode in, in its entirety. Yep. But it took about four hours to record. Um, and that's because obviously I've got to stop starting and redo certain takes and stuff like that. So yep. I don't really have any idea about the sounds as such as I'm recording it. It's only when I'm listening back to it and putting it in its entirety that I then have an idea for a sound to put in there. Um, I've had to obviously uh, get a license for um, sound effects. Okay. I use something called Epidemic Sound. Um, and then also as well, YouTube for some things that are quite obscure. I can't actually find, so obviously I have the ability to download from YouTube and use those. But as, as you know, um, downloading sounds can obviously quite be quite a a touchy subject when it comes to licensing. So I also have to be careful with what I use. It can, it can. So, so you don't do any of your own foley work then? I, I have started to do now. Yes, I have had to. Certain things I've, I've certain things I can't find. Like maybe um, a fall down the stairs, which. I would recommend anybody not to do for yourself. Uh, it's not a really good <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, um, sometimes drink, at the bottom of the stairs and just yeah, throw yeah, a ball no, down I've, there. Yeah, I've. I mean, I, I know now, but at the time, I wasn't really thinking that far ahead. Um, okay. But thank you for that. I'll bet I might for next time. <laughs> uh, stuff like drinking sounds, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, stuff I can't find, or I want looking for a particular sound, and yeah, I would, I would do myself. So, with a, with a fantastic, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say now, with a fantastic vomiting sounds, were they were they <laughs> found online, or did you make those yeah, yourself? Yeah. No, 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 they were found online. Right. They were found. That's actually one of my favourite chapters. Actually, I don't know why. I'm not really a coarse person like that. Uh, and I, I listened back to it recently, and I thought, well, you know, this is quite, this is quite, it's quite vulgar. But it was just, yeah, it was a lot of fun for me to sit listening to different vomit sounds on YouTube yeah. and the ones I can use. I'm not really a sort of vomit person. I don't really know why I just said that, but um, no, it, it's, you do, you when you do realize what you're willing to put up with sometimes when you have to go through certain situations like this and vomit for me is not something that I like listening to, but I did want to put across the point that we've all had a situation where we've, we've drunk too much. Um, we all know what it's like to, to, to have that, that feeling of, of throwing up. So I thought, yeah, let me just make it as, as realistic as I possibly can. And, and you, quite often it happens when you're younger as well. And when you least expect it sometimes as well, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Have you got, uh, any, the have, have you got any Have you got any memories of your own? <laughs> um, I, if I'm being honest, I was a bit of a difficult person in my late teens okay um so when i was six well actually even mid-teens so when i was 16 17 which you know <clears throat> i admit it's illegal you're not supposed to but you know i drink and uh drink didn't really agree with me a bit like the okay. character in in, yep. in your show in a way drink really didn't didn't probably agree with me but it was to sort of like uh, I used it to sort of like try and forget what was going on around me because I wasn't okay. in a great place at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't the best thing for me either because when I got too drunk, so I would actually vomit qu quite a bit and it made me a bit bit angry as well. And um, look, luckily, I can control drinking a lot more, but easier now. I don't drink okay. quite as much as I did when I was in my teens, but... Um, so yes, I do have some not so good memories of. No, I understand that, that. and that's one of the, one of the one of the things from the character that obviously I can I can see. I understand what you're saying there. Um, that's one of the, obviously I'm I'm quite the same in that particular sense. I am the same. I'm I'm not a drinker at all. Um, it's yeah. not something I've ever. I started very late, um, and only because I went to university, so I kind of had to play catch up, as they say. Um, but when you don't know how to handle your drink, as they say, it, it's, it, it can, it can have a lasting effect on you in some respects. And this happens with the character quite a few times is that it's, it's, I think he means well, um, yep. but sometimes the environment or that obviously, again, the alcohol sometimes can just send someone's emotions from one extreme to the other. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind a drink now and again now, but, 
but back then I was I was a bit crazy. It's, it's almost <laughs> probably a bit like a bit like a peer pressure thing as well. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I get that. S- I same get as that. drugs, exactly. I might say. Yes, and that's something that's thing is I I the drug side of it. And obviously, I don't really want to give anything away for anyone's listening to it. So it's all and, and for yourself. Um, I don't think there's anything within this particular character that is off limits in terms of what he goes through. Um, like I said, some of it is from a a personal standpoint, but a lot of it isn't. Is is much of a it's just it's too extreme. But there are people out there that are obviously trying to show that they do go things through like this. Um, especially at age, especially at a young age, it can have a lasting effect on them. And without the support or the network to be able to help them through these situations or allow them or give them the platform to be able to express their emotions because men don't yep. really have a way of expressing their emotions very well, as we all know. Um, yes. So, yeah, this was my way of, this is my way of just giving, giving us, well, I say us, but giving men a voice for those that want to be able to say that, look, I need help or I've needed help or this is why I am the way I am. Um and hopefully give other people the means of understanding that they're not alone in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this is Greg at Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to Pods Like Us with Marv and Down with Monarchy. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to it and I mean, like, like you've, you've hinted at, you know, I've only got so far as I have. But there's a certain thing about it where I listen to it and I think it's an important story in a way because it's showing people that, you know, yep, this person's just like you are in this way. They've gone through this. We know that you're going through this. You're doing this. You're doing whatever. This is happening with you in your life. But it's happened with other people in their lives, but they've been able to get move on from that situation and sure and they've learned from those situations you know in some ways eventually because there's a lot of times where you do things (laughs) like the drinking for instance where you don't learn straight away and it takes time for you to realize and go well you know what perhaps restructuring and whatever and that so there's the positivity there that there is something past that hurdle yeah, that key saying. I think in my head, as I always, as I was writing this, was learn. What's it? How it goes? It's do as I do as I say, not do as I do. Yeah, that's the one. So that's always that's always been as that's always been. And rather than me being dictator about it, I mean to say, just learn from my mistakes. Don't fall or learn from the character's mistakes. So I don't necessarily feel you need to do things because everyone else is doing them. And that's very much what this person does. Um, it gets to a point where things sometimes they escalate beyond control. Yeah. Um, but it's only recently I've, I've somebody reached out to me um, on Instagram to say that they, one of the particular episodes that they resonated with them because they were going through a similar situation. And that, that to me was, was extremely humbling because um, if it means that there are people out there who can find solace or find some sort of, just help with hearing that something that they may be going through that they feel is they're they're the only person and that isn't by all to diminish what they're going through. Um, it's just more of just helping them through whatever they may be going through with examples that to say, yeah, look, you're not you're not alone in this situation. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel, as much as it hard as it may be. Yeah, because I I like to think that uh in a way um I think mistakes or things that happen to you that are not so positive in life can actually make you the person that you become in a positive way as well, because those things teach you where you don't want to go in a way. So that makes you stronger in a sense as a person. Yes. Um, but I will say, again, without giving things away, I do feel like this particular character doesn't always learn from his mistakes. Um, well, yeah, already found there that, is a, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is hopefully a character arc in this, and that's hopefully how I've written it. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's a thing, 
So, for example, um, this particular character wasn't wasn't initially very uh, um, very sought after by by females at a younger age, and it may have probably been the right thing to do. Obviously, we're young; we shouldn't really be involved in that sort of stuff. But yeah. I think once he got older, and then obviously started to get more attention, kind of went to the character's head a little bit, as as a, as the title is, the Icarus Complex. And obviously, all it is is just a matter of every situation. Every situation the character gets himself into is one that he could have potentially not got himself into, but insisted upon, as they say, flying too close to the sun. Yeah. And then obviously we have situations. So as I'm hoping at some point the character does find, um, well, I won't give that away, but does find some retribution for the things that he's done, but also some um, accountability is taken for some of the stuff he's gone through. Yeah, in in a sense, he's going, um, he's going sort of over the top into a situation where he needs to have, be a bit more laid back. Yes, and yes. Th- and that, that's the problem where with the Icarus thing is going is going too far close to it, whereas he could be a bit further down and sort of like hover almost at a better level and and coast to, essentially. Right. But is is that not sometimes a obviously in hindsight it's a wonderful thing, right? So is that not sometimes yeah. a that to me sometimes is a is a male attribute, although it's not necessarily everyone. And it's quite stereotypical to say that, but I do feel like we all have that element of us sometimes in our youth where oh yeah we feel like we know what we're doing, um, we know what's best, and sometimes decisions are really based on impulse. And because I, I think this person means extremely well but sometimes impulsive decisions can end up hurting other people and when you haven't got any consideration for other people which at sometimes this character does not yep. i will admit um that impulsive decision has um a domino effect on everything else so i mean i mean he has he has good att- good intentions quite a, quite a few times actually during the during the story so far for instance, when he um, the, the the Christmas at the uh, the parents of the <laughs> yes, girlfriend's yes. house, yeah. I mean, yeah. his good intentions there are that he's trying to ingratiate himself with the family, yeah, to make to make you know himself better with the family. But in that process of doing that, he's distanced himself or is shown a problem for the girlfriend because she thinks, oh, this is going too fast. And essentially, she wanted him to go to her Correct. parents to take that. But then, in essence, it went somewhere that she didn't expect. And she suddenly realized, hold on a minute, in a sense, if she'd have thought about it, she took it there and yeah. she should have said, now, perhaps we ought to hold back a bit and that. But in a sense, I don't think in that, in that case, he actually did anything wrong in there. I think it was her pushing the situation too far and not reading the relationship correctly. You can be the first on exclusive on this month. Um, this that, that story is actually a true story. That one is actually, that chapter there is actually something that I, I did experience myself as, as a as a youthful person. And as you rightly said, yeah, in, in hindsight, um, look, there's, there's two sides to every story and I, I had my part to play in that downfall. I should have probably realised that it wasn't a good idea going. Yep. But as you as you um, as you rightly said, it's it um, it could have been handled differently. It could have been handled yeah. differently, and I would I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously, it was it was a it was too soon, too quick. Put it that way. Um, but that was yeah. the reason why I put that story in there because that was the first example for me of a breakup that happened. Via text, yeah. Um, I don't know whether you've all. Um, I would like. I don't want to say we've all been through that. I don't know, but it was it was that first example. That first example of not having someone not having the necessary respect to have a conversation with you, um, especially as a, a one of your first relationships. It can it can kind of put a, a damper on things going forward, and you you can get a little bit. Um, well, I won't say hard hearted, but apprehensive going forward. So. Yeah, that was an example of um, 
of how breakups can be sometimes difficult when you don't when you're not informed as to why things have gone wrong and even to this day I still don't know really know why it went wrong. I mean I do know why it went wrong because it's it's years ago now but at the time it was something I didn't really know how to to articulate to myself so yes I do remember that one very well but yeah you know I, I, I shouldn't really keep the keep keep the wound open you know <laughs> no no but, it's fine no problem at all um, but it, it it must it must be it must be heart-wrenching because of the fact that you've got you've had such a closeness uh, and intimacy with each other in relationship wise and then it's it's almost like matter of fact finished you know there's no intimacy there it's it's oh, i don't i don't know how to explain it it's no, like it's you. yeah it's like there's no actual it's it lacks feeling in a sense yeah. it being yeah. being done that way but isn't unfortunately that's that is again i don't want to sound callous but unfortunately that is well what breakups are um obviously i try and i try to um uh, maintain as much relationship with people that even friends with not even just relationships with 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 females or, or whatever it's, it's I try to maintain as much as I possibly can, but sometimes people need that break. They just need to have that separation from you completely. And if that means not talking to you after that or finding their ways of ending things, unfortunately that is what you've got to do. And as much as it might hurt the individual going through it, um, everyone has a way of dealing with things. And I've come to realize that now. Um, but yeah, the character does not. <laughs> so yeah, it just keeps trying harder and harder to... Yeah, we won't we won't give away well, how course. we respond. Of course, for those people that haven't listened to it yet. But um, but then again, I mean, st- staying on that thread, I suppose the other way of actually doing doing it in person to person can be incredibly painful as well. Um, yes, and I would say that the idea for this with me was supposed to be. So what it was, initial, one initial reason why I started to write this, I saw, I think it was Mary, Mary Claire magazine. I was at work and a lady yeah. was, and it was 10 things that your man likes, something like that. And I read it and it was written by a woman. And I'm not to say that some of the things she said weren't true, but I thought, well, surely, surely it should be, surely men should know what 10 things that men want um, or things that we do for some of the, or things that we do and why we do them. So, that was one of the reasons and inspirations for me writing this. Um, secondly was Adrian Mole. Uh, that was one of my yep. favourite books as a child. That's obviously very high and inspirational for me towards this. And I would say Bridget Jones, but from a, but I would say some of her episodes and things that she goes through in the comedic sense was another reason why I wrote this. So in terms of the person-to-person... Um, I think we all have people in our lives that we want to be able to say sorry to or or just try and find explanation as to why things happen or at least have a conversation with them just to say, well, look, um, this happened because of this. And this is my way of giving a voice to people that who, who want to do that or want to have the means of doing that and to say, well, if you have that idea in your head... <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because obviously not everybody wants to be reached out to, but um, this is more of a, I wouldn't say a love letter to those people because it would mean that that character's in love with them still. It's more just of a, I said, accountability letter to them. Um, Yeah, and it's that it can be painful for, because there are some people in there who are personal to me that that may or may not ever get a chance to hear this. but all the feelings that are in there, they're, they're, they're genuine. It's, it's, um, yeah, it has been tough. It has been tough in some respects, I must admit. But, um, well, you're using your own life as inspiration for art, essentially. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be that way. Uh, yes. Um, but what I don't want to do is, I'll give you an example. So when I when I first wrote this, there was a, a friend of mine at university, female, and when it was in this book form, <laughs> I 
I asked her to read it and she read it and then we fell out because of the character in the book because she just didn't like the character and I was just a bit worried that people will or like I said although it is semi-autobiographical I still have a little bit of a, of a doubt sometimes that people may feel like all of this is me um, it isn't at all but what I don't want to do is the character to be completely hated um, you're not supposed to necessarily like the character at times um, okay but certainly not fall out with somebody over it because that's, that's not that's not that's not at all what I intended. Um, but yeah, no, you so said it can be it can it can open some wounds on some things. But I'm hoping that when people listen to it, they have and in the, at the end of it, they go through as much of an emotional roller coaster as the character, not necessarily in the same ways. But I'm hoping towards the end there is some sympathy and some understanding that. Um, Yes, he has brought some things on by himself, but circumstance and environment and just the luck of the draw sometimes is just we're not all lucky. We don't always we don't always um have the opportunity to have everything that we want. And when you do have those things, how do you keep those things um without losing them without going to your head? Um yeah, so that's that's the premise. Well I'm guessing that um the what you what what you've written into the story isn't all one hundred percent exactly as um, I'd, I'd sort of guess that you're using it as inspiration and then things change accordingly. Should we say poetic uh, license essentially? Yes, I would say that. Um, I said if any, I think I think if anybody like I listen to it now sometimes, obviously when I'm reviewing it, and I think anybody who goes through some of the stuff that this person's got in the, in the entirety that it has would probably be a, I'd have to, I'd love to have a chat with this. If this person was a real person, I'd love to have a chat with them and just see, just, just ask them how you've managed to survive through all of this summer stuff. Cause it, it, it can be quite harrowing in, in some respects. Um, um, but it would take a patience of a saint to be able to go through some of this stuff. But like, as you rightly said, it's, it's not, There, yeah, so there are elements in there. Um, what can I say as an example? In terms of life, for example, obviously I went to a I went to a, a secondary school um, in the middle of nowhere. Also, my mum moved me to a school that was um, out of the borough. Yeah. So also I did go to a school that was predominantly white. Um, and obviously, I had I wouldn't say I had trouble with that, but it wasn't. I didn't go to school that long ago, so it wasn't like in nineteen seventies. It was in the 19 in 1990s so yeah kind of think things would be a little bit at least a little bit moved on from them but there were issues for me there um and obviously as a black male it's that side of things i was i was definitely keen on giving that um that demographic of voice as well because sometimes things can be quite marginalized in terms of how black men are represented um it's yep. often represented in in stereotypes um whether it be the the, the, the gang related stuff or just whatever that we, we see on television for example so um but then what i didn't want to do is create another stereotype for that demographic um which is which is highly emotional not being able to control which i wouldn't say that's a, that's a black thing that's more of a male thing and so i obviously yeah. had to be careful about how i how i how i come across so it isn't very heavy on the race side of things but there are elements in there where um he does go through some things but it's 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 just to give another look at like an onion another layer to to things that are happening yeah Hey, it's Gil from The Mind Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us. I mean, I, I, I was a school kid, uh, so I, I went away to a school in the early 80s. Uh, and at that school there, um, that, that was... I mean, I, I am a, I am a white guy, as, as everybody knows. But <laughs> so, um, but so I went there, and that was predominantly white kids or white boys. But at this, but then 
so the school opened in the early early 1981. I'm giving my age away here, so I was 10 years old. <laughs> and then towards the end of the 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 end of that year, after the summer holidays, an, another bunch of kids started coming in. And one of those kids was a uh, was a was a, a a lad of colour named Robert Peart, okay. and um, and it, it was really awful because I think they were sort of like, you know, because we're all different ages and whatever. And I almost, as things moved on, I almost found myself trying to be more protective of certain kids in the school because sure. they'd be they'd be looked down upon or they'd be. And I mean, Robert particularly was. I felt really awful for him because he had. It, it, I mean, he's it, still one of my my best friends on Facebook. I'm still in touch okay. with him a lot, and um, so nice. not only was he not, not only was he, was he a lad of colour, you know, a black kid. Should we say? I hate. I still hate saying that phrase. <laughs> um, I, I don't like using colour in any way whatsoever sure, sure. to differentiate people. To be honest, but he was also uh, he was also deaf as well oh no okay so okay. he added that added to it as well sure, and then sure. people would take the mickey out of the color and out of the the deafness as well and I almost found myself having him in that protective bubble that i had these other kids who were being you know you know people would have a go your older kids would have a go at and i found myself almost in that that clique there where even though nobody actually initially had a go at me I found myself being pushed that way because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that they were they were okay and I wanted to be their friends because I found myself almost in a way leaning towards wanting to be their friends because they were being so, you know, uh, yeah, I understand attacked that. essentially. Yeah, I understand. I understand that, and I'm um, and. Um, you did the right thing there, in my opinion. It said it's, it's it's difficult with children what to know what to do because obviously we only really learn from obviously our parents and in the environment and what we're around. So, yeah, um, yeah obviously I'm I'm going to speak for myself. I'm sure I'm sure if I'd have had somebody like you when I was at school, it might have made things a little bit easier. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm hopefully appreciated it, but it's just little things like that. Sometimes it, it's I'm sure those children didn't mean it and if they did well yeah um but it's those things although they may seem innocent at the time you know because as as men we we bury things sometimes and some people have a way of being able to express themselves through art of being able to get through those times or other ways do it through um substance abuse or drinking or whatever but other ways it can manifest itself in other ways and you don't really know when that happens until it happens um and it can be down to your mood it can be down to your relationship with other people it can be relationships with with partners um but small things like small things like name calling yeah. or whatever can i said it can seem innocent at the time but i said when it continues and said it, it, it can chip away at people um and it can create it can go towards creating a person that they may not necessarily have been had they not gone through that. But who's to, who's to ever know? Um, but I'm I'm just trying to say that sometimes for this particular character, sometimes the episodes that he's gone through may well be of his doing. But there were there were times where um, environment and people have influenced decisions. Yeah, and. Um, before before we go go on to the, uh, the the other points that I've got in the in the, the list that I gave you, uh, there's also the fact that sometimes I think the character can be a bit naive, shall we say, when he uh, <laughs> yeah. when he offers the, uh, the, the you know the you know the the light to the lady at the side uh, of the yes. road, shall we say? Yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> there's a bit of naivety there. Yeah, of course. And because again, without giving it away, sometimes you don't really know. Um, because you because you expect the best of people, and I would like to say this character does. He's got his or he wears his heart on his sleeve, and expect everyone to be the same sort of thought process as him. Which, as you say, is naive. Yeah. Sometimes you don't understand situations until you go through them. But do you need to always go through them in order to understand them? So it's yeah, that particular person on the side of the road. Uh, I would I would challenge anybody to <laughs> to recognize that. As all it was um, when experienced, but somebody might. But yeah, it was um, 
that one was very funny to me to write actually I, I did enjoy writing that yep um and without giving it away i found the uh, the incident with the boyfriend coming to the girl the ex-boyfriend coming to the girlfriend the ex-girlfriend's house and sitting there and the character of liam <laughs> the way that he was i actually thought that was really funny okay um <laughs> i think we've all had situations i mean again i, I can speak for myself but um We've always situations where you know you like somebody and somebody else likes them, and it's, there's that rivalry between you and that person. So I just kind of played on that, um, just to see what it would be like if, without it getting too um, too awkward, what it would be like if if both were in the same, if both knew of each other, but both were in the same vicinity as the other. I will say, very lucky that the ex boyfriend wasn't in the wrong mood. Should we say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Again, without giving too much away. Absolutely. So, how do you actually record the show itself then? So, initially, I started to record it using um, GarageBand or GarageBand, um, and I bought a really cheap microphone from Amazon. Uh, and what I was finding was there was a lot of obviously background noise um, at the time. In fact, I even moved house as a result of this podcast. So I'll, I'll give you that story shortly. But um, yeah, background noise for me is something that I just I just can't fathom because it just makes the podcast sound really subpar. So um, I used to have at least I used to live next. next uh, it was about half a year ago. I used to live next door to some very loud neighbours. Yeah, and I used to only be able to record at night time when they were asleep, which, as you can imagine kind of ruined my sleeping pattern because obviously I've worked the following day. So um, I didn't, I didn't only move because of them, but it made moving easier to do. I mean, obviously made a recording easier. Sorry. So um, yeah, I now record with a Shaw MB7 microphone. Oh yeah. Um, and that has made the quality of audio for me just top notch. I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough for the microphone. Um, I, I did do some research on it and this obviously was the one that stood out to me. And then I um, started to use Logic Pro X, which was actually very expensive. But um, just a, a tip for your listeners, if they do ever want to use it, they can use a free trial. I think you get 90 days <laughs> and then you just delete it and reinstall it, which is basically <laughs> what I'm doing at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's, and, that's, and that's what I use. So I use Logic Pro X and a short MB7 microphone. Um and then I decided to treat myself or not treat myself, but because obviously the the way of editing now slightly changed for me, I now put myself a Mac um, to do all this on. So yeah, that's it. Okay. That's how I record. Um, but the actual recording process, as I said earlier, it takes about, depending how long the episode is, it can take, if it's a long episode for an hour, it can take about two days. Um, because I then find that if I speak too much, I might get a bit tongue-tied or tired or just need a break, uh, and then I'll yep. lose. Then I'll lose. Um, I'll lose my focus on it, and I just need to just take a break for a day or so, and I'll come back to it. But the actual editing part is what takes the longest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think you've picked. I mean, eventually, I, you know, once I've got the money, I'm hoping to get the the exact same microphone, essentially. Or I so mean, what do you I'm, use I'm, now? I got a microphone that cost me about sixty pounds or seventy pounds, I think, on on Amazon. But it's got no control on it at all, which irritates me because my signal ends up being quite quiet. Okay, I can't do a thing about it. It, it irks me. Um, but um, I mean, what's that? What software do you use? Software. Uh, I use uh, a software called Reaper. I think it's called. I've heard of to, Reaper to yeah. edit on. Okay. And um, but yeah, going back, going back to the microphone. I mean, you, you know, you, you can't go wrong with that because it's it's based on the old Shure. I, I sound like an audio geeky because I used to work <laughs> in a recording studio, and so it's based on the old the same internally as the old SM57 and SM58 microphones by Shaw. And there's a reason why, you know, that has been the standard for vocal mics since the 1960s. And, you know, that's because it's a really good mic and that's why it just, 
it's still used to this day. Yeah, it is. It is a very good. I think it, they've obviously they've they've done well with the podcast and things. Now I believe, obviously, without name dropping, I know um, Joe Rogan uses this mic and stuff like that. So this it's it's a very good quality mic. Um, I said if anybody wants to invest in, I would I definitely highly recommend it. It has it has brought my audio on leaps and bounds for doing so. So I can't speak highly about it. Um, it's it's been it's been a lifesaver. If I can if I can use that phrase. I just wish that I had Joe Rogan's production team. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do to be honest with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all do. So you, you've mentioned, anyway, you don't need to go back to mentioning about the um, about the move because you've just said why you've moved. And Yeah, I no, I had, I had some uh, I had some terrible neighbours um, and they were just making, and you could even hear sometimes on some of the older recordings, but I had to do a very good job of, of editing them out. So um, I, just, I just didn't want to have... have um, <laughs> didn't want to have children being disciplined on my recording so I just had to, 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 to get those I had to make a decision as to what I wanted to do so I moved so here we are it's it's, it's as good a reason as I need to move I mean you know but moving for, for a quieter place is, is, yeah, is a good, yeah. good reason actually I think and obviously again because it was during lockdown as well um, and literally it was at the height of lockdown Obviously, my my home is obviously my safe space, and obviously where I am, where I spend much of my days. So the last thing I want to do is is have to leave my my place where I'm working, and then try and spend time to have to then deal with um, yeah, unsociable unsociable neighbours. So, yes, as you rightly said, some 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 peace and quiet is needed sometimes. But it it was very difficult with the moving over lockdown because we've actually moved while I've been doing this show. Okay, we've moved, uh, and so. Um, yeah, you, you find that a lot of estate agents now, you're not even actually allowed to go, go to the actual premises to have a that's look correct. around. Yeah, and, that's and, and So you get what's called a visual tour. <laughs> yeah. And you, you're going around and you try to imagine and you think, now how big is that room? Is it as big as I yeah. think it is? Or is it not as big as I think it is? And it's almost like when you eventually go in and you move in, it's like a surprise when you get there. Correct. Yeah, I've, 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 I've seen some... I've seen some um, some virtual videos that I, I can't believe sometimes they're even out in some estate agents. Sometimes there's just clothes on the floor and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some videos. I have, but like I said, we had to make we had to make do of that. That that period was a, a difficult period for everybody. Um, so um, it was. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be out of that period soon. I hope so. I hope so. So do I. I'm Agent Scott, and I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hards Podcast. That's right. And you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that also has the Midas touch. So what advice would you give to people starting a podcast? Um, I would say if you've got any doubts about doing it, then just do it. Um, I know it sounds quite out there but um like i said i had my doubts about putting this out there because it is so personal in some respects um mine's a bit of a difficult mine's a bit of a different one to explain most podcasts i've i come across are conversational um yep. and there is still a market for that um but i would say for other people not don't necessarily feel like you need to be like another podcast just just do what feels best to you it's it's if you enjoy doing it, then continue doing it um, and just put your work out there. I would say also as well, try and get as equipment as best as you can to help with your recording. I just forgot the mic earlier, obviously very important. Um, there are free software out there that you can use, so you're obviously going to take to pay for it. But um, what else I want to recommend? I would say take your time as well. Um, don't feel like you need to to rush what you put out of there and also try and stay consistent um, yeah. as well. I would say consistency is very key. Even if it's once once a week, once every two weeks, I would say at the most once every two weeks, maybe once a month. Um, but even then it might be a little bit much because you've got three weeks of people and then not having any content from yours to, to look forward to. So I don't know if I've done about you, but I obviously found a lot of podcasts were started throughout the pandemic and haven't seen the pandemic through. So I would say definitely try and make sure that you have an idea of where you want to go 
um, and try and be consistent with it as well. Absolutely. So what other podcasts do you listen to? Um, I, I try not to listen to any other podcasts. Um, and that's not through me being obstinate. It's just when I'm in the creative space, I try not to listen to any other podcasts. However, when I do have some downtime outside of seasons, um, there's a podcast I listen to called Dating Will Be the Death of Me. Um, yeah. There's another one I listen to. Obviously, the Joe Bottom podcast is one I listen to as well. Um, Serial, I think everyone's listened to that. Uh, there are some sport podcasts. It's just it's just things that are easy listening to for me. Um, why? 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 As much as I want to, and I always want to support other podcasts, I just don't want to necessarily feel like I've been heavily influenced by what they're. Or what they put out there, so I try and keep myself in a bit of a creative bubble until such time I finish. So I have a list of things I need to to catch up on. There's another podcast I listen to, which is um, it's called Show Me the Podcast, which is a movie review podcast. I believe they've now finished. Um, another one was I think it was a horror podcast called Once Once Upon a Hill podcast, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a there's a there's a few out there. There are a few out there, um, but I said if I could listen to every single one of them, I would. Um, but then I wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> Is, have you got any others that you that you uh, that you know are 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 good for you like, that you can recommend? Um, I'm into all sorts of things. So I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a comic book nerd, I suppose, or okay. superhero okay. nerd um, from childhood from watching. Spider-Man as a kid. Um, <laughs> so um, so I will listen to a few of those, like Comic Book Nation. Uh, I like uh, – th- there's, there's, there's actually a really good independent comic book show that's called Comic Book Couples oh, – something other about that. Comic Book Couples Counselling, I think it is, or something okay. like that. Is it, this, that's, that's a really interesting take on it because they take – the the comic books that have been released in the past, but they look at it from the point of view of the relationships that are in those comic books. So, you know, okay. like you've got the famous love triangle of uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Jean Grey, yeah. For instance, they'll go into that in detail and they'll say, you know, how that relationship would work in the real world in a sense as well. And <laughs> okay, it's it's a different take that's. Because I think, in a way, you know, much as I like shows that are a bit, you know, um, professional, uh, I also like the niche aspect of podcasting as well, where you'll pick that specific individual subject within the the genre, essentially, Mm -hmm. that makes it more individualized to that person. Because I always say that no matter what taste you've got, there will be a podcast there for you if you look for it. I agree. Um, but the shows that I mentioned to you earlier, I think it was before we, uh, before we started recording, uh, you, you could actually probably get away with listening to though, to the bright sessions and, mm-hmm. uh, ours paradoxica. Okay. Um, because they are more, should we say science fictiony in a sense? Okay as opposed to realistic. So I wouldn't see those being, you know, finding the way into your own writing because they're so far, you know, apart from it, you know, and unless suddenly Liam is, you know, going to, uh, <laughs> going to find out that he can, he's got the ability to fly. Or, you know, yeah. Thank you for those. I, I, yeah, I will, I will listen to those. And I think, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely open to it. Reason being is that, with every season, I'm trying to do something different or trying to have a different spin on it. And obviously with podcasts, there's only so much I can really do in terms of, because um, obviously, sorry, just going back slightly, the music, for example, it was, I didn't really use much music in the first season. Um, it was oh, yeah. more just more of a, as an outro, as an outro piece, or maybe just as a, as a filler. Um, but now I've gone to the situation where depending on the year that I believe it was set, um, the music that was in it is very key to that particular time or yep. the lyrics or the lyrics of the song although all the songs are instrumentals the lyrics of the song lend to the situation at the time of what's been 
what's going on. So um, I'm now actually using more more music, and I found that obviously as the seasons go on, I'm doing newer, I'm doing new things that I weren't doing earlier. And that's because obviously I'm I'm having the wonder confidence to to try new things. But also um, there are some there are some podcasts out there that have obviously given me some some small ideas to to run with there. So. Thank you for bringing that out because I actually did forget that we discussed that before the show started okay. recording. <laughs> <laughs> so it was supposed to be discussed during the show. No, 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 not problem at all. Not problem at all. M- music has been music is one of the very is music is as much as what's going on in the show. I think music is again key to my heart, and obviously I understand it's very key to yours. Um, without yeah. music, I don't really know what I would do in my spare time. Um, so it's. It's not a music podcast, but it's definitely um, it definitely adds to the effects I'm trying to go for. But so I am being very particular on what music I play. Like I said it is time specific. I won't have anything in there that's 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 newer than the actual time that's in there because I'm trying to keep it as authentic as possible. Um, but every song that's in there, um, I'm hoping that most people that listen to it will have some idea about what song it is. Yeah. And, and hopefully, be able to, and hopefully, harm it to themselves after the podcast is finished. I think it all works perfectly. You know, the uh, the music, the way that you've placed that. I think that, like you said, it's a part of the show. It's almost like a character in itself. Sure. Uh, much as the sounds as well, such as the keys. Uh, when you put the keys down on the table at the beginning of the show, and the sound of the the, the engine and everything, I think that's. Um, I think it's all part of it. In it, um, like I said, they're all characters in it it's a bit like you know where people watch programs that are based in new york and they'll say that new york is a character all the sounds and the every single thing this you know the when you mention about uh you know being in in um you know moving to um from one place to another and what they all even the places in your show they're all characters when you move from one school to another it's sure. just all important to that story I used to listen to The Archers when I was younger. Um, I just, just remember that now. So I think there's another inspiration of mine. Um, and obviously they, like I, I, I love um, radio plays, radio four yeah. plays. I'm just, it's something that I, I was very much a, remember, I don't know if you remember years ago, there used to be a fun of a Spider-Man, um, a BBC Radio 4 um, radio play. And I usually just play like a set over and over again when I was younger, I, to the point where I knew all the words. So, um, and even then, that was that was my first experience of hearing, of not seeing something, but actually hearing the sounds around it, and that being that bringing the story to life. So I think, as again, stuff like that in the archers, um, it's very it's the narration's one thing, and I can obviously I can direct people to one thing, but sometimes just that extra sound sometimes can give that more of an added depth to what's being said or what's being relayed. So. Initially, I had no, I had no intention of doing any sounds on it whatsoever. But again, as you say, sometimes accidents happen, um, and they can work out in your favour. Um, and yeah, it's it's it is what it is. It is. So, where can people find the show, and if you want them to to contact you? Um, so the show is hosted or hosted on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and. Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music podcasts. Yep. Um, that's for under the Icarus Complex. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can do. Uh, I'm on Instagram at the Icarus Complex podcast. And I'm also on Twitter at Icarus underscore underscore complex. For some reason, somebody already had Icarus underscore complex. But Icarus underscore underscore complex uh, is my Twitter handle. So that's double underscore for Twitter. That's why I've double, not found double you. Double <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody already had the other one, which is quite strange. But yeah, that's very strange. I, th- I thought I was very lucky to find pods like this. I'd have been used on any network whatsoever. It's a very good name for a show, by the way. Thank you very much. Anyway, if. Um... If you want to contact me, you can find me on Instagram. Um, as I've just said, you know, just Instagram and Twitter at Pods Like Us. If you do a search on Facebook for Pods Like Us, you'll find the show. 
And I've also got a website called The Marv Zone, which you can go to to find show notes and anything else that I post up about, if you so wish. And you can contact me that way as well. But uh, for now, thank you for speaking with me, Lyndon. No problem at all. Thank you for your time, Marv. I do appreciate your time on this. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was thank you for great me chatting with you. And thank you to everyone for listening and hope you're listening again to another episode of Pods Like Us.